0: Well, we're in the first epistle of John, which we have visited a number of times. If you remember, not that long ago, we did a study through this letter um, and uh, we looked at a number of things, but it's one of those scriptures that we keep coming back to. It's a vital piece of scripture and um, there's a few things I believe that we can look at today that the Lord wants to bless us with. Uh, So we'll just read through it, we'll just touch on some things, you may miss some things out to get to where we really should be going this morning. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. And we need to be aware of this as Christians, that not everything you hear is uh, true, and not all preaching that you hear is as good as mine. <laughs> Amen. It's not all as anointed as mine or as wonderful as mine. But, but really the, the important thing is it, that a lot of stuff we hear is rubbish, isn't it? And I was hearing about something this morning. About a, a film that's out just now about the life of the Lord Jesus. And it's getting a lot of great reviews. And... Uh, People are raving about it and putting it all over social media. But it turns out that the actor in it uh, apparently endorses somebody uh, whose teaching we would not agree with here. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to get into too much detail. But that's part of the problem, is that we can hear things that sound good, but we have to try the spirits. And I will say this, folks, I made a wee joke there, But even my preaching and my teaching as your pastor, please always check it out with the Word of God for yourselves. It's it's called being a Berean, isn't it? Somebody who tests out for themselves, and then when you do that and find out, yeah, Bill really is as wonderful a preacher as I thought. Well, praise God. Anyway, but, but he says here, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And a lot of teaching about Jesus sounds complimentary but when you when you start to examine it you find out some so-called preachers don't believe that Jesus was the word of God incarnate they come up with all kinds of uh, permutations but really they don't believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh you get a lot of Gnostic teaching and all kinds of stuff I'm not going to get into the detail of that. So again, try test the spirits to make sure that the preaching you're listening to is biblical and anointed of the Holy Ghost. So every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come into flesh is not of God, and this is that spirit of Antichrist. And he says, "You've heard that it should come." A lot of talk just now because of the age we're living in. That we are, uh, the Antichrist is coming. The Antichrist is coming. So we're, we're in this stage today. While we're speaking, Russia could be invading Ukraine. Amen? So it could happen any day. We're told it could happen any day. We've been hearing that for a long time. And, you know, I wouldn't put money on it or anything like that because, well, I wouldn't be anyway. But the point being that we're living in perilous times. Plagues viruses, uh, weather patterns and wars and rumours of wars and we were told to expect wars and rumours of wars and right now we're in rumours of wars and there may be a war by the time we get home. We don't know. It looks as if it's already kicked off. So people say, well, it's the end of days, it's the end times. You know, we're saying that, they've been saying that for a long time, a long, long time in the church and in the world. And of course, they thought it during the Great War, which I know none of you will remember. But certainly the Second World War, which some of you may remember being young during it. And Hitler was the Antichrist. Mussolini was the Antichrist. The Antichrist is coming. But folks, he says here, you've heard that it should come. And he doesn't call him he, he calls him it. He says he's already in the world. And that was when John wrote this. See, Antichrist is way beyond what we term, because we, we, we take a lot of our teaching about the Antichrist, again, from teachers that teach a certain way, and we need to try those things. Because if you go back further in this book, to chapter 2, he says this. He says, um, Little children, it is the last time. Now, when he wrote this, That was almost 2,000 years ago. It is the last time. So the last time has lasted a long time. He says, and as you've heard, he says it again, the Antichrist shall come. They must have been saying the same thing back then as they're saying now, Antichrist is coming. The man of sin, the beast, all of that. He's coming, folks. And he says, you've heard this. And he says, even now, are there many antichrists? Oh, I thought there was just one. He says there are many. He says that's how we know it's the last time. Because there are many antichrists. And look what he says. And, and this is something you don't get taught. We taught that the antichrist is some kind of... Um, you know, some people, oh, he's, he's a Muslim. He's a Muslim. Or he's, you know... He's some kind of strange foreigner guy. Or he's, he's not a Christian. He's not, he's, he, he, there's no way this guy's a Christian. But look what the Bible says, folks. It says that there are many of them, not one. They went out from us. Oh, we don't get taught that. They went out from us. So it's not somebody over there, over there, in foreign lands, they went out from us, folks. These antichrists, but they were not of us. It says, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Sorry, were not all, not all of us. See, a lot of teaching that we listen to is sensationalist. It's lurid. It captures our fascination. We have got films about it. Yeah all kinds of movies and books but folks when we read the bible we see what it says about antichrist now i know the reformed position as, as that the, the pope is the antichrist the man of sin and that's the one thing i'll say there's been many of them amen some would say too many <laughs> So we're not going to go down that route today talking about the antichrist other than to say that because that's not what i want i feel the lord wants to say but we need to say it we need to understand that we can get all scared about what's happening in the world and we, some people no doubt putin is the antichrist or putin's involved in the, it's all this speculation but folks there's always been wars and rumors of wars we, we, we just sang that hymn oh god our help in ages past And that help mostly came through wars or largely came through wars and revivals as well and so on and just God's hand being with us. But if if God hadn't been with us through all the wars we fought as an island race, as an island people, then we would have been sunk a long time ago. You are of God, it says, verse 4, little children and have overcome them. You see, there's three things we get from this. Firstly, we are of God. If you're a Christian, you're of God, you're not of the devil. You are of God, it says, little children, reminding us we're children of God. So we're not just of God in that, well, we live in God's house. You know, lots of people live in the Queen's house. And and there's a sense in which they're of the Queen because they're in the Queen's household. They live in the Queen's household. But they're not all children of the Queen. Amen? They're not all the royal family. They're just folks that are of the royal family in the sense that they work there, they serve there. We're not servants, the Bible says, of God. And and that came to me the other day, that wonderful verse, he says, I no longer call you servants, Jesus said. I call you friends. Because servants don't know what their master's doing. But friends know what the master's doing, don't they? Children know what, what the father is doing. The father in a large household doesn't tell all the servants, this is what we're going to do this week, unless it's pertinent to them. So they don't know the plans, the purposes, but they, they just do what they're told. But we don't have that relationship because we are of God, little children. We're children of God. And Louis he says, and have overcome them. Overcome who? Overcome the antichrists. The whole world is full of an antichrist spirit. But we've overcome it. He says we have overcome. You're not going out there today doing your best to fight the forces of evil and darkness. You're going out there today victorious because you are of God. You are in Christ. Okay, coming here to church is not just about having Sunday morning meeting and a nice bit of scran after it. And looking to see how the Rangers are doing. Let's hope they're doing well. Praise God. God's team. It's not just about that though. It's about being part of God's family. God's family uh, throughout the earth and God's family throughout history and eternity. And it says you have overcome them. Why? Because you're part of the family. It's a family of overcomers. Now we've still got to do it. We've still got to get up in the morning, put our feet on the floor and go about the business of overcoming. But he says, I've put overcoming inside you. You don't have to do anything to get the overcoming except just keep going. Because it's already yours. Keep going in the victory that's yours. You have overcome them. Why? And here's the re- gives you the reason why. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit in you. Jesus in you by the Holy Ghost. The Father in you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in you. Remember Jesus says, if you love me, he says the Father and I will come and dwell with you. And of course you've got the Holy Spirit. So you've got so much in you that nothing out there can defeat you. And that's that's why this is good preaching because you don't hear a lot of that. But it's the truth, it's what the Bible says. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because somebody is in you that is greater than anything that faces you out there in the world. You will never have a problem outside of this world. Unless you don't know Jesus, then you're going to spend eternity in a bad place. But thank God we all know the Lord here. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you'll never face a problem ever again once you leave this world if you go to be with him. You'll never ever have another problem. Another trial, another tribulation, another temptation, another sickness, another setback, another fallout with family members and neighbours. You'll never have any of that. Because all your troubles are in the... They are of the world. Who's of the world? The Antichrists. And you know, we don't think about people as antichrists. Oh, They're all antichrists. I can't stand them. I'm a Christian. We're not talking about having that haughty spirit. But we're acknowledging that what's out there is hostile, which is why we're commanded to go preach the gospel so that we can bring everything into the kingdom. So we have a job to do, and we do it knowing that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. They are of the world, brethren. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We ought not speak worldly things. We ought to speak things of God. So when they're cursing and talking bad about situations and people, running people down, we're blessing people. Yeah? And we're speaking faith, love, hope, victory. We are of God, he says. He that knows God hears us. You know, when you get there and you sometimes run into people, I've done it, I'm sure you have, and you start, you meet somebody you don't really know them, but something about them you think they're a Christian. Because there's something in you, you hear just even sometimes people talking. I remember years ago, my, my eldest daughter, she, she had a, a problem. Uh, when she was born and the, the doctor came and discussed the problem with me. And I knew he was a Christian. I just knew because the way the man carried himself and um, he, he turned out he was a lay preacher as well. And a man of God, a godly man, he just had that, he carried that up, up with him. And that was a comfort to me, knowing that he was going to be the one treating my daughter. So sometimes when you meet people, you just think oh, something about them. Do, do, are you a Christian? Yes. And, and how often have we done that? So, we are of God. He that knows God hears us. In other words, there's a connection. He that is not of God heareth not us. You say, well, you know, I'm, what are you doing on Sunday? I'm going to the church. Oh, I'll be in the pub watching the game. You know, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And, you know that's that's one thing but you know you get a lot of people when you start talking to them about the, sp- the things of God and they go oh yes I'm spiritual too <laughs> you know what I mean you think, "Oh, that's great what church do you go to oh the, the spiritualist church I was talking to my dead mama last week yeah well that, that's what he's saying here the difference between the spirit of truth which is your dead mama ain't talking to you okay At best, it's somebody conning you out of money, and at worst, it's some demon talking to you. Amen? Or I go go to a tarot card reading, like our first minister's sister, who's just, you know, now counting for business. Am I right? It's a tarot card reader. So if you want your tarot cards read, go to somebody's, uh, go to our first minister's sister, who's even nuttier than our first minister. Amen? See, we have to distinguish between truth and error. Because there, he says there are many out there in the world teaching stuff that sometimes sounds spiritual. And that's, you know, none of us would go to a tarot card thing because it's a blatant thing. But there are a whole bunch of churches out there, folks, that you think, oh, that's a church. He's a minister. But when you actually examine what he's teaching, you'll he, he, not find it in here. I still want to talk. what I want to talk about. So from the time I've got left, what I want to do is talk about it. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. See, if you stay in love, and I'm not talking about staying in sentimental mush, but I'm talking about love, agape love, biblical love. Love, greater love has no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. We, we talk about that. But you know, that's not really what Jesus did. He went beyond that. You know, many of our war dead, um, and, and we celebrate that, Remembrance Day other times, they laid down their lives for their countrymen. They laid down their lives for their nation. And there's no greater love, Jesus said, than that. But Jesus went beyond that because when Jesus laid down his life, he didn't have a friend in the sense that we were all his enemies because we were all sinners. Does that make sense? He didn't lay down his life for his friends. He laid down his life for his enemies. He, he didn't see when he was on the cross. He saw it by faith, of course. But when he's looking around, all his friends deserted him, bar one. His mum was there. And some of the women were there. But all the big brave disciples, they scarper apart from the guy who wrote this letter. That's why he qualified to talk about love. Because he wrote a lot about love, because he was known as the apostle of love, because he stayed with Jesus like superglue. While the rest went away and said, Three years of my life I've spent. And look how it's all ended. Now, yes, they were friends of Jesus and they were his disciples and so on. But he laid down his life for us. And do you remember when you were in the depths of sin? When you were his enemy? That's when he laid down his life. Not just he laid down his life so that you would become his friend. And I'll remind you, friends don't mean buddies. It doesn't mean we're now mates with Jesus. We're now Jesus pals. We are now Jesus' buddies. That's not what he means by friends. When he's, Jesus says, I call you friends, it's a covenant term. And what it means is, I, I call you people who will covenant with me. And that means that we'll, we'll stick together closer than a brother. Because covenant was done in blood. And the Bible says, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And he's not talking about being mates or buddies. He's talking about being a covenant friend, where there's a blood, covenant. you've seen it in the John Wayne films, blood brothers, yeah, the Indians used to do the blood brothers, that's what he's talking about, an ancient form of covenant. So he didn't do it when we were his friends, we became his friends. We became his covenant friends, but he laid down his life and we were his enemies. We are of God. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. That kind of love. That is the supreme love. That is love that humans could never manufacture. Would you die for your enemies? Some of us wouldn't die for our friends. You know, but he died when we were his enemies. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You see, love is what makes the difference. When we receive him as our Lord and Saviour, the Bible says he sheds abroad in our heart love by the Holy Spirit. So loving is not just a feeling. Oh, I'd love to love my brothers and sisters, but she annoys me. He gets up my nose. It's not about feelings. It's not about human interactions. Love, spoken of here, is a spiritual force and love is actually, as we've gone to see, he says it in the next verse. He that loveth, loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. That's what he says. That's what the Bible says. God is love. And again, it's not an emotional thing. You can feel it. You can feel compassion. It can become your feelings. But it's not a feelings thing. It is a spiritual thing. Love is a spiritual thing because it's because God is love. So when you say I love my brothers and sisters in Christ, she might annoy you, he might be a pain, he might be. You understand? It's not. I didn't mean that personally. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just I'm just using illustrations, but it could be that you know. Oh, I, I don't like the pastor, but I love him. I don't like that sister, and she annoys me. She gets up her nose up my nose, I mean we had and I better make sure this guy doesn't hear this but we had someone um, yesterday in a meeting and all he did for ages was he had a plastic bag and while the speaker was speaking he kept getting in his bag for stuff and it would rustle, was Russell, 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 Russell that's not his name, okay he was rustling in his bag and it was really annoying so you say, I wish he stop doing that He's annoying me. Does that make sense? So it's not about human interactions. It's about because he's a brother in Christ, you love him. But you need to stop doing that with the bag. Anyway, so that's what I'm trying to say. So God is love. So we love one another. He tells us, let us love one another. It's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Love one another is the the new covenant commandment. And this was manifested, verse 9, the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. God demonstrated His love by giving His Son when we were, the Bible tells us, His enemies. He didn't say, I'll give Jesus to all the, the, the good living, nice church folks in Gangad, no, he gave Jesus for all the sinners. I'm not here to call the righteous to repentance, Jesus said, but sinners. He sent to sinners, and every single one of us qualifies. We were all sinners. Some of us much more than others. And that is why you. Uh, I feel sorry for all you goody two shoes, folks, because. You know, it's great that you know the Lord, but let me tell you, when you came from where I was, the depths of sin, you've got a testimony. Does that make sense? He wasn't sent to all the good folks, he was sent to the worst of folks. And, you know, everybody, and, and, and you know, really, we all probably feel, oh, well, I, you don't know how bad I was. We we'll probably all have a bit of that in us. Because I knew my own heart. I maybe never you know got out up to a lot of stuff, but in my heart I wanted to. You see, and if it's in your heart, it's just it's almost as bad as doing it, isn't it? You could the Jesus says, you know, yeah, adultery isn't just running off with some women, it's lusting after her in your heart. And you could have somebody who sits there and lusts after a thousand women never runs off with any of them and he's just as bad as the guy who runs off with one or two. Because it's a heart issue. But love. God is love and he manifests his love. Here in his love not that we love God. We didn't love God. We didn't love God but that he loved. It's not about did we love God. Now, I remember from a young age, I loved God. I remember that very clearly. And I was always, always felt God's hand in me. I had stuff happen. I had a lot of people praying for me and all that stuff. And I loved God, but I loved a whole bunch of other stuff as well. And my love for God didn't stop me doing the other stuff. So did I really love him? It's like a man saying to his wife, "Uh, I really love you, darling, but, you know, I just couldn't resist that barmaid. Amen? Well, the wife's going, oh, well, does he really love me if he can't resist the barmaids? But it's not important anyway, because it's not about do we love him? Our faith should never be based on, oh, I really love the Lord you get a lot of people want to tell you how much they love Jesus. Folks, the boasting is not <laughs> Hiya, pal. The boasting is not that we loved him. The boasting is that he loved us. That's our boasting. That's what I'm boasting in today. That's what we should be boasting. You know, it's not about me loving him. He loved me. It's not about me loving him. No, he says here, love is not about we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, or the atonement for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Kind of running to the end of this time-wise now, so I'm just going to wrap it up. I think what we'll do might be a good thing if we just leave it there, and what we'll do is we'll pick this up next week, because uh, there's still quite a bit of this chapter to look at and it's all about love and that is the message today looking at what love is love is not a mushy feeling now I know when you look at your spouse you get that mushy feeling that the butterfly is in your stomach amen <laughs> I'm not getting a lot of amens men you, your wives are here and they're not saying yes i I'm just glad that Agnes is not here. <laughs> anyway, but it's not about that. Oh, but we get that, we get that for our children, don't we? And our grandbabies and so on. Um, but we're not even we're talking about the love of God and how God loved us. And you know, God's love for us is far stronger and greater and fiercer than any of that love. And we know how strong the love of a of mother is for her children um, and so on and grandchildren. But God's love is infinitely greater than that. And that love is for you and I. That's what's exciting today. That's what we celebrate today. We'll pick this up, as I said, next week and and carry it on. The Lord bless you, folks.